John chapter 5. And it says, Afterwards, Jesus returned to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish holy days. Inside of the city near the sheep gate was a pool of Bethsaida with five covered porches, crowds, watch this, crowds of sick people, blind, lame, and paralyzed, lay on the porches. One of the men lying there had been sick for 38 years. When Jesus saw him, he knew, when Jesus saw him and knew he had been ill for a long time, he said, would you like to get well? Look what he says, I can't, sir. The sick man said, and this really, he says, for I have no one to put me in the pool when the water bubbles up. Someone Someone else always gets there ahead of me. And Jesus told him, stand up, pick up your mat, and walk. Instantly, the man was healed. He rolled up his sleeping mat and began to walk. I got one more passage, Matthew chapter 18. I love it because, you know, when you plan these things, everything goes perfect. But thank God that we got one projector going. Come on, somebody. We got one projector going. Come on. Next week we might do two. And next week we might do three. Amen? Amen. <laughs> uh, Matthew chapter 18, verse 20. It says, For where two or three yeah. are gathered together yeah. in my name, there I am with them. Yeah. That's so short and sweet, but I'm going to read it again. For where two or three are gathered together in, in my name, there I am with them. Amen. Amen. We bow our heads, close our eyes. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you have given us an amazing opportunity to be here. Special opportunity to be in a school, oh God, proclaiming your name. We're bringing Jesus back into the school where the devil likes it or not, oh God. And so we thank you for this amazing opportunity. Thank you, Lord, that we're going to reach this city. We're going to reach this community. And every seat will be full. Uh, I declare in the name of Jesus. Not if, but when. Amen. In Jesus' name, Father, we thank you that you have given us an amazing opportunity to pastor an amazing church, and I'm married to the hottest woman on the planet. This is our members. We thank you, Jesus. And everybody shout, amen. Amen. amen and amen. I'm gonna be short. You can rock with me for a little while. For a little while. Someone give it up for. So uh, uh, I want to real, real quick. Uh, I don't know if you guys know this about your pastor, but your pastor has an addictive personality. What does that mean? That means if I love something, I become absolutely obsessed with it. Hence, why today I'm married to that gorgeous woman sitting at my right. When I love something, I become obsessed with it. And so, because when I love something, I become obsessed with it, there's things that I don't do. Like, your pastor would not start watching TV. The reason I don't watch TV is because I know myself, and I know that I will become obsessed with it. Okay? Now, the reason that I don't uh, uh, play video games, anybody play video games in the house? The reason I don't play, we got five people playing video games, amen. <laughs> uh, the reason I don't play video games is because I become obsessed with it, right? That, that's the reason I just, I know my parameters, right? Now, uh, as, a, as a chubby little boy, I like to eat. And what happens is when I like something, you know what happens. I become obsessed with it. The good news about that, I was watching a commercial the other day, and it diagnosed people like that. It said, binging eating disorder. I said, you see, Mom? It wasn't my fault. It wasn't my fault, Mom. I had a binge. I was like, back in the day, they called that, they called that poca in Spanish. Poca vergüenza. I don't know if you guys know what I'm talking about. Right? So, so, so here's the deal. I, like I said, I don't watch TV, so, but there's, I hear people talk about something called binge watching. You guys know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Binge watching, like, I don't, I didn't know what that was. 
I didn't know what that was because I was raised in a time that we just watched TV. That's all we did. We watched some TV. And so uh, when I was introduced to binge watching, I was like, oh, that's not for me because, you know, I have an addictive personality. But what happened was is that I got sick. And I was useless to the world. So I was like, all right, it's Netflix. <laughs> oh, what's this? Making a murderer. I'm going to play one episode. Just one episode. That's all I'm going to do, guys. Just one episode. Just one. That's all I'm going to do. I promise. All that good stuff. Right, I'm going to do it. And so I, I put on Making a Murderer. I watched the first episode. You know what happens? At the end of the first episode... They leave you with a cliffhanger. So, so I said, well, I'm sick. I'll just watch the second episode. Don't judge me. You guys are looking at me like, that's my pastor. Yes, that's your pastor. I was sick. Don't judge me. And so I'm looking at the second episode, but the second episode leaves you with a cliffhanger. That Monday, your pastor watched the whole season of Making a Murderer. God forgive me. I watched the whole entire season. Now, I take my Mondays to binge, binge watch. Uh, don't judge me. I just disconnect, right? And, 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 uh, any, you guys, anybody else have binge watching here? Like, you guys one episode? Like, right now, I'm on, like, the second season. Like, you know, you got a binge watching uh, disorder if you're asking people for your Hulu password. I'm just saying, like, yo, let me get that Hulu password. Let me get that Netflix password. You know what I'm saying? I'm just going to watch it, right? Uh, um, before there was all this stuff about binge watching, there was something called box TVs. They weren't called box TVs at that time. They were just called TVs. Now we call them box TVs because everyone has a flat screen. I don't know what that was. And, um... And we used to watch episodes one by one. <gasps> Anybody know what I'm talking about? When you watch an episode one by one that you had a TV that the antenna was actually in hangar? that connected in the back. You know what I'm talking about? That is how we watch TV, and we had to wait the next day at three o'clock after we came out of school to watch an episode that we were waiting 24 hours to watch. So one of my favorite shows after coming out of school was something called Power Rangers. Yeah. Power Rangers! There was a, a Blue Ranger, a Yellow Ranger, a Green Ranger, a Red Ranger. I wanted to be the Red Ranger until the Green Ranger came on. He was cool. People like, yo, Jason is amazing. The Red Ranger. And they're like, the Green Ranger is about Tommy's the best. I love you, Tommy. Right, right. Like, how many of you guys had a crush on, on the Pink Ranger? Tell the truth. You're in church. <laughs> no one wanted to be the Blue Ranger. Like, nobody wanted to be the Blue Ranger. Oh, sorry, Odin. Um, <laughs> right, but they had this thing, right? They would come together and they would start. Uh, uh, they would say it's morphin time. You guys remember that? Yeah. It's morphin time. And when they would say it's morphin time, you start hearing mastodon, pterodactyl, triceratops, saber-toothed tiger, <laughs> tyrannosaurus. <laughs> right. And when the Green Ranger came in, Dragonzord. Right. And they all became these Power Rangers. And what's pretty awesome is that they were all powerful on their own. But there were times that even as powerful as they were on their own, they were not able to accomplish certain missions. The only way that they were able to accomplish certain missions is if they all gathered up together and it was something called Megazord. I'm like, I'm like goofing everybody out, right? They're like, 
there was something called Megazord, and they would come together and big this like become this like huge transformer, and they were able to overcome and stop the evil villain. I think her name was Rita, right? Oh, able to overcome her for, and defeat her from overcoming the world or defeating the world. Now, I think this is a great picture of what the church of God ought to look like. Because here's the deal. We're all in this together. Look at the person next to you. Tell them we're all in this together. But we're, we're all gifted. We're all talented. And we all have something that God has called us to do. But please remember that God has not called you to do something apart from community. Everything that God has called us to do as individuals is always connected to community. The picture that we have here is, is a man who was in his community for 38 years and no one was willing to help him. Can I, can I tell the truth? He was in a community where, where we all gathered together, we all fellowship, we all had issues, but people were all in, but for themselves. You know what my greatest concerns is for our church community? Is that we would become a church that comes together, gathers together, fellowships, but we're really all in for ourselves. I knew I wasn't going to get any amen for that one. Jesus says, where two or three are gathered in my name. See, many times we come together to fellowship, but the truth is, are we gathering in the name of Jesus? In other words, are we gathering for the reason that Jesus is calling us to gather? Or do we have this, it's just me and the Lord mentality? <laughs> it's just me and Jesus mentality. It's just, well, it's only about me and God. It's only about, no, 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 listen, listen. God has placed you on this earth, earth for much more than your desires and your aspirations and your goals. God has placed you on this earth to come together and unite with other fellow believers to become an unstoppable movement on the face of the earth. There is no problem, there is no situation too big. It might be too big for you, but it is not greater, it is not larger, it is not bigger than when you unite with God's people and you begin to worship His name and you begin to carry out the mission of God and you're willing to go where others are not willing to go and you're willing to say, Lord, send me, I will reach the unreachable, I will love the unlovable, but all in community. If you believe that, give God some praise. I want, to, I want to run down three stories. Hi, Mama. I want to run three stories that all include people gathering together, all include Jesus in this situation, and all include people in need. In John chapter 5, he says, When Jesus saw him, he knew he had been ill for a long time. And he asked him, Would you like to get well? Look what he says. This, this is an awesome uh, passage because it preaches all by itself. This is, this is one of them hooping and hollering passages. Like you get, Jane will play the organ and we'll get excited. This is one of them awesome passages that it preaches all by itself. You talk about, yeah, he said, get up. He said, lift up your mat. You walk out the mat and you walked out with his testimony. And we could preach that. But you know what, what caught my eye was his, his answer. And oftentimes what this message is preached is preached something like, this guy was making up excuses. But I also think that this guy was, he was communicating a reality of his. He said, Jesus, I, do I want to be made well? I've been here 38 years, Jesus. I've been dealing with the same old stuff 
Jesus. But I don't know if you have an understanding of what it kind of looks like around here. Around these parts, no one is looking to help each other. Yeah, we're, we're together. Yeah, we're, we're, we're together, but we're not united. Yes, we come to the same place every single day to see the waters stir up, but we're not looking out for one another. It's, it's the early bird catches the worm. It's the first one that crosses the finish line. It's the winner. There's no teams here, Jesus. I don't know if you fully understand what I'm trying to tell you, Jesus. I do want to be healed, but, but I've been here 38 years, and there hasn't been one person that's been willing to offer me help. I would hate that people would come to a church environment and feel like they're surrounded, they're surrounded with people, but still feel like they're alone, and that they can't receive help. Wow. You know, one of my greatest fears is that we all in for ourselves. Uh, as we as we kind of launch next week, we're going to launch into one of the well, one of the uh, biggest things that we ever done in our history of our church. And and I, I just wonder if if are we going to be that type of church that comes together and we're all we're, we're coming and we're singing, but it's all about us and God, and it's not about us and our community. Where we're, we're all, oh, I'm coming to church because I need to get fixed. I'm coming to church because I need to be fed. I'm coming to church because I need to get my situations. Do you understand, Jesus? Like, I'm here lame, but that person is blind, and they only care about their blindness. And many times, we're only concerned with what we see right before our eyes, and we're so short-sighted that we can't see the needs of others. We can't see the, the difficulties of others. We're blind, and we become completely disconnected from the situations other people are going through. Do you find it interesting that it's so easy for us to make excuses to not help someone? Yeah. Come on, somebody got to tell the truth. Don't look at me like that. It's like sometimes we make up, it's easy to come up with excuses to not help people. Now, I just can't right now. I would love to help them, but I'm going through my own mess. I would love to help them. I would love to give them some help. But, you know, I got my own marriage to worry about. I got my own finances to worry about. I got my own job situation to worry about. I got my own struggles to worry about. And we become so self-absorbed and so consumed with the things that we're going through that we don't see the big picture of what God is trying to do all around us. Woo! The question is, are you all in? Are we going to be a church that is all in for themselves? Are we going to be a church where like this, like this, this person is 38 years struggling in the same old spot, surrounded by people that are unwilling to help? I'm preaching better than you, amen. Somebody better amen the Lord right now. Someone say, take your time, take your time. I can't. <laughs> Number two, we have, we have the second group. Watch this. Second group of people who are, they're all in to point out the sins of others. Are we going to be a community that's all in for themselves? Are we going to be a community that's all in to point the sins of others? Well, what do you mean? Well, in John chapter 8, the, the Bible says that um, a, 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 group, a group of Pharisees brought a woman that was in sin before Jesus. And you know what they say? The Bible says that they placed her in the middle of the crowd. Is this how we are going to bring people to Jesus? 
Jesus, oh, oh, I got her. She's right here. That's right. She was watching Love and Hip Hop last week. I saw her. She was binging right here. Get her. Get her. Oh, Jesus, I got him. I got him. He was, he was smoking. You better get him. He was on drugs. Jesus. Is that the church that we are going to be? A, and we're going to be a bunch of sin seekers and finger pointers and say, Jesus, look, 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 look at this person. I know they've only been saved for a month, but look, they should be doing better than that. Look, look. Oh, did you see? Did you see his Instagram? Did you see? He liked Shaquina's picture. Someone say, who's Shaquina? <laughs> did, you, did you see? Did you see what he wrote on Instagram? Did you see what he wrote on his Twitter? Did you see what he wrote on Facebook? Is that the type of church community that we're going to be? That we're going to see people that are sin differently from us and highlight their sin over ours? Woo! Look at, look at the way they sin. Here's the truth. There's no difference between your sin and someone else's sin. You just sin differently. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And the Bible says that he looks at her and he, said, and, and he says, this is Jesus' response. I love classic Jesus. He's just like, first of all, Jesus, Jesus doesn't lose his mind. Jesus was like, good job, Fernando. Good job. He says, he doesn't even pay attention to them. They have to ask him again. And then he says, if you're without sin, go for it. Yeah, 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 yeah. go for it. They, they're like this. This is their posture. He goes, if you're without sin, go for it. Have a field day. Go ahead. Stone her. The Bible says that from the oldest to the youngest, they begun dropping their rocks. I wonder sometimes if it's because the older you get to realize how much you have sinned in life and when you're trying to condemn someone, you can't look at yourself and say, I'm sinless. Because she might have been an adulterer, but you have maybe committed adultery in your mind several times and to God, it's all the same. So we're going to be a community that's all about the standard. Are we going to be a community that we, we have to screen people? No, our church is not about believing or, or behaving before you belong. Our church is, hey, come to this church family and belong. And we believe that when you feel like you belong and once you feel like you're, a, you're, part, you're part of this church community, then you would start to believe. And when you start to believe, then you would start to behave. It's not behave, believe, and then belong. No, we don't, we don't raise a standard and we don't raise a wall too high and say, you got to climb that wall before you can feel like you belong to this church community. My desire is that as people walking through those doors, they would encounter the love of God. They would encounter the grace of God even before they hear the message. That as they walk through those doors, they would experience a love so big that it would include all sinners, all atheists, all drag drug addicts, all adulterers, all uh, 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 marriages that are struggling. Everyone is included. Yes. Everyone belongs. Everyone is welcome. I believe that is the mark for Kuha, for Christ-centered house of worship, for people coming to life. There's a third group. Oh, man, there's so much I want to share. 
more. A third group. Are we going to be a community that is all in for themselves? A community that is all in to point the sins of others? Are we going to be a community that's all in this together? What does it look for? What does it look like for Kuhau to be all in? It looks something like Mark chapter 2. The Bible says that there was a lame man. Similar to the lame man that was 38 years in the front of the pool of Bethesda. That's good. You know what the difference between this lame man and the lame man that stood at the pool of Bethesda? Is that this man was around a community that was willing to look beyond their situation and help someone else. I believe, guess what? Sometimes you like hurt people, hurt, hurt people, and you got to be healed before you can help. I believe that, that you can be hurt and still help. Yes. Hurt people can help people. Yes. Let me say that again. I said hurt people can still help people. Yes. We've all been hurt. I mean, I mean, Abraham, Drew, John. Come here, 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 come here. Look what it says. It says, some men came bringing him a paralyzed man carried by four other men. These guys had their own lives. I need two more people. Raul, come here. Joey. These guys had their own situations. I need you to lay on the floor for a second, John. You're the heaviest. No. <laughs> this man was lame. This man could not get to Jesus. Raul, can you try to pick him up off the floor? No, don't help him. It's a little bit difficult. Can you try to help him, Abraham? No, pick him up. He can't walk, so he can't stand on his feet. Pick him up. It's a little bit challenging. But what if Andrew comes and grabs the other leg? Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. Andrew grabs the other leg. And Joey comes and grabs his arm. Guess what? That man... <laughs> make this work. That man that was once on the floor can get up. And he might not be able to make it to Jesus by himself, but he's able to make it to Jesus. Listen. Christ and censor. He's here. Look at that. God, praise the Lord. He's here. Christ and censor. a whole lot of people that walk in through those doors and are spiritually lame. Just because they're walking on their two feet does not mean that they are not lame. That they're paralyzed spiritually. That they, they can't make it to Jesus. But guess what? Look what Jesus does. They don't bring them to Jesus to deal with their sin. They bring them to Jesus because they know Jesus has the answer to whatever it is. I'm not trying to discover what it is you need to come to Jesus for. I know that if I bring you to Jesus, Jesus will begin to explore what it is that you need from him. I'm not looking to expose people's sin before Jesus. I'm looking to expose Jesus to people. Yeah. Yeah. Woo! 
looking to expose people's sins to Jesus, but I'm looking to expose Jesus to sinners. Come on, somebody. And Jesus looks at this lame man and he says, your sins are forgiven. Hold on a second. He didn't come for his sins. That's the thing about Jesus. That when you bring people to Jesus, he deals with what you need. I don't need to be play the middleman and say, okay, here's the sin. No, no, come to Jesus and Jesus will deal with your sin. Come to Jesus and he will deal with your needs. Come to Jesus and he will deal with your desires. Come to Jesus and he will deal with your wants. What does it look like for Christ and Center to be all in? It looks like this. We're all in this together. It looks something like Mark chapter 2 where people are willing to bring the weaker vessels and those that can't and those that won't. And guess what? This guy may have not even wanted to. They're going to be like, come on, get off of me. Nah, we're going to come. We're going to Jesus, my friend. Pray that this community would look something like Mark chapter 2. Say, hey, brother. I'm not going to try to discover and investigate your personal life before I bring you to Jesus. I will bring you to Jesus and Jesus will begin to do something inside you that I cannot do myself. Because the truth is I can only see you from the outside in, but Jesus sees you from the inside out. Listen, I played the Christian game for far too long. I, 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 played, I played the game and I, and I knew how to play the part. And on the outside, I looked real nice and polished. And no one knew that I was going through some stuff. But inside, I was destroyed. Inside, I was a mess. Inside, I was addicted to stuff. It was only until Jesus dealt with me on the inside, not on the outside. I've been to churches where they deal with you on the outside. But it's only God that can deal with you on the inside. And when God deals with you on the inside, guess what? The outside is just a benefit. The outside is just a byproduct of what God is doing on the inside of you. Believe that. Give God some praise all over this room. I'm going to ask you to get up on your feet.